Welcome to The Digital Divide with me, Linda Antonetti, bridging the gap between social media and connecting with classic communication skills. So excited to be back in the studio and with my guest, Rob Taramina. Hi, Rob. How you doing there, Linda? I'm great. I am equally, I got to be honest, I think I'm a little bit more excited than you. I, I don't know. I've been stuck in my house with my uh, three kids, and you have two. I have I have three kids you as well. You have three kids so as well. So I guess we're in the same boat. Yes, we're in the same boat. Yeah. So um, I'm very excited to be here today, uh, back in the studio, recording uh, professionally rather than in my uh, basement. So um, we have Rob here today because I wanted to end my interview skills series with a business owner like yourself. Um, to help everybody understand your perspective as a business owner when somebody comes in for an interview with mm -hmm. you. So just to give a little bit of a bio on Rob, um, he is my podcast mentor and owner of this great studio that we are in. And um, you are a veteran entrepreneur having built multiple seven-figure businesses, right? You own this company, Talk IQ Media. Right, and you are a member of the New York Forbes Business Council and have been named one of the top 40 business professionals under the age of 40 on Long Island. By the way, I would no longer qualify for that. Oh, because the I'm under 40 part? Yes, because oh, okay. I'm officially 40 now. I thought you were, <laughs> but I didn't want to out you. I let you That's out fine. yourself. Yep. Okay, <laughs> all right. So um, did I miss anything on the bio? I think I might have missed it. No, ink. it's all embarrassing statistics anyway. Okay, but I know but, it's some credibility, but it is embarrassing to talk about. But I just wanted to get everybody's, let everybody know, you know, you are a businessman and you have all of the credentials to help us understand what it is that a business owner looks at when yeah. they're interviewing somebody. So um, uh, uh, thank you so much for doing this at the last minute too. I know I just asked you. Uh, oh, my pleasure, honestly, yeah. <laughs> no, when you asked me, I was I was honored, honestly. I have a tremendous amount of respect for, for, for you and what oh, you do. You. So the fact that you would you know, trust me to be on your show is a big deal, so well, thank you. Of course I would trust you, you're my mentor. <laughs> you, know, you know way better than I do what's going on here. So, um, so, some of the things that I went over as far as interview skills mm -hmm. was that people have to be prepared to go to the interview. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you have um, a staff here and it says that, you know, you've had several businesses. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about, you know, your businesses and about how many people you employ? Yeah. Um, so I do have a few different businesses mm -hmm. and, you know, I have businesses that have up, up, upwards to 24 employees and other businesses that have as few as, as 11. And so I understand the whole staffing um, right. uh, you know, process. And the staffing process is gonna be unique for, for, each, for each business. But um, you know, before you launch into your questions, and I wanna re reiter reiterate what you just said, is I think it's really important for people to go on an interview to be prepared because the person interviewing you is prepared. Right. So if you're gonna go into a place where that other person is what more prepared than you, you're, you might risk coming out foolish. Right. So it is incredibly important to listen to what you have to say right now. Thank you, I think it's important too, especially yeah. now we have people who now are looking for jobs now um, because yeah. of the virus and may have ended their previous job. I know mm -hmm. somebody who's looking for a new job and even our college graduates now um, are going sure. to have to start be looking for a job and we're just in a whole new environment, but we still have to be aware of that interview process. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I spoke about about interviewing was that they have to be prepared for an interview. And I spoke about things of how they need to be prepared as far as attire and um, having their paperwork together. Mm -hmm. What do you expect to see when you're interviewing somebody? What 
what tells you that they're prepared when they come in? That is an excellent question. <laughs> um, and sort of piggybacking off of what I was just saying, it, it does depend on the business mm -hmm. because it creates expectation. Right. Right. So a more professional environment like a law firm, there's an expectation that you're going to come in professionally dressed. Right. So the attire would be different depending on, of course, the business Absolutely. itself. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's the first thing because your first impression is actually not talking. Your first impression is visual. Correct. Right. Yep. So so you have to be aware of that. It's not a judgmental thing. Um, you know, it's it's not that at all. It's just naturally we are going to use our eyes first mm -hmm. and to just start sort of thinking about who you are as an individual and would you be a good fit. And then there's other things that follow suit. Right. At least, you know, stylistically for me and, and the other entrepreneurs that, that I know, it's, it's only natural is when someone's coming in for an interview, the first thing we do is see. Correct. Yep. Do you want them, do you notice when they have done any research about your companies before coming in? Do, do you oh, expect absolutely. them to have some kind of knowledge about, you know, the company and the organizations that you run? Absolutely. Um, even before um, they meet with us in person, there is a process, a sort of a pre-screening process. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of this pre-screening process is asking them a series of questions that will reveal to us some of those things that like you're mentioning right now. Right. And maybe it not not, might not be obvious to them that even those questions are, are pre-screening them, but they are because we want to we want to see, did you do any research on us? Because an interview is two ways. Correct. Is yep. I might be interviewing you for the job, but also that person should be going on this interview to see if they're a good fit as well. Exactly. So how if if you didn't do any research on the company right there, that's right. that's a that's shame a big, on you. Shame right? On you. Shame on you if yeah. you don't do research on the company mm -hmm. that you you supposedly want to work for. Exactly. Right. You want to know more about them. Mm -hmm. I've also talked about um, in preparation being on time. Mm -hmm. um, what does that say to you when somebody's late for an interview and? What does that say to you yeah. as, a, as a, the person doing the interview? Yeah, that is a really good question <laughs> um, because I am a pretty forgiving person, you know. Um, but on the front end, if there's a commitment made and whatever it is in life, and if there's a struggle to honor the commitment, that tells me on the front end that maybe you don't respect it as much as you were leading on. You know, and, and if I don't know you, that could be a way of us determining whether or not this is a good fit. Because if on the very front end, your first impression is you're not sort of respecting that, that process, um, then it's going to sort of send me down a rabbit hole, right. you know, just internally. So I would say that, you know, being on time, especially in the front end, is super important. Right. Um, you know, maybe if, if this job is that important to you, maybe show up a little bit earlier. Yep. You know, is it is it harder for you to show up earlier? Is it easier to show up late? How much do you really want the job, job. prioritize mm -hmm. this? You know, exactly. And that's something that I have said that you should show up 15 minutes early, not an hour early. Yeah. You know, know where you're going, prepare where you're going. Yes. I, I said that I usually when I have gone on interviews in the past that I actually go to the location the day before to make wow. sure I know where I'm going. Yeah. Um, you know, and so and give yourself enough time for sure. traffic. And there's no reason, even if you are late, and you said you're a forgiving person. Mm -hmm. So if you are late, there's no reason why they couldn't contact you and let you know that they're being late. That's actually a great point. You, you know, yeah. so everybody has a phone in hand yeah. to be able to put you on, on speed dial and say, I'm going to be a little late. I hit traffic. There's an accident. Because, yeah. listen, nature does happen. Things happen. So um, another thing I said about being prepared, and I think this has fallen by the wayside. I'm from an older generation. Mm -hmm. And everybody shows up. I 
my generation shows up with a hard copy of their resume mm. or what's now called a CV. Sure. And what I've noticed is that um, the younger generation, not to out a younger generation, but they're showing up without those hard copies. Mm -hmm. And so how important is it to you? Do you depend on those emails or would you prefer a hard copy what, and why? That is a, that's a good question. So, you know, me personally is the first part of the vetting process mm -hmm. is a digital copy of the resume. And I would say that if there's an expectation that we have on the people to prepare themselves, I also feel like there's an expectation for me and my staff to be prepared as well. And if they're emailing us, we should be printing that out. So there is an internal sort of okay. expectation as well that we have as far as you know responsibility. Um, so I don't put as much pressure on people to actually bring that, that resume. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It just, for us, is we're already requesting on the front end, the digital company, we're already reviewing it. Therefore, we should be printing it out and having available as a sort of cheat sheet during that interview. Right. So I, I had expressed on a previous episode that I've been on several interviews and mm -hmm. I've actually coached um, some people that when they go to an interview to have a hard copy with them, have mm -hmm. a hard copy of your resume, your CV, your um, references. I always have a hard copy of my references. Yeah. I have a hard copy of my certificates and I actually hand that over as a packet mm -hmm. to whoever um, interviewing with. Yeah. Um, would that leave any kind of impression on you as a hundred percent? So where we might not require it, right? If it's a position, let's say that there's several people trying to compete for this one position, what's a way that you can stand out? This is a way is not just being prepared necessarily for what you're going to say and how you're going to look, but also prepare ways that you can distinguish yourself right. from everyone else. Right. And you know, where it's safe to say a lot of people don't bring a hard copy. If you're that one person that only not, not only brings a hard copy, but it's presented really professionally, mm -hmm. guess what? I'm going to remember you right. for that one reason, if not anything else. Right, which is exactly why I do it. That's yeah, the exact absolutely. reason why I do it. And I think, not to pat myself on the back, I think I've only not been offered one job on the inter many interviews that yeah. I've been on because I always yeah. have that hard copy and that's always sure. a positive way yep. to stand out because yeah. you're overly prepared. Absolutely. Right? So now during the course of the interview, how do you expect that person to interact with you um, during, you know, I'm speaking non-verbally and verbally. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you want to see? Yeah. I want to see a few things. Number one, I do want to see a level of confidence. Mm -hmm. um, if there is lots of hesitation and if, if you're not able to answer the question and, and, and your answers, you know, are in the area, in this gray area where it's like, well, I'm not sure yet, but I want to find myself, you know, no offense to the indiv individual, I'm not hiring you so that, that I could be your guinea pig. <laughs> and uh, you know, so I'm hiring or I'm, I'm looking to hire for a position because it's an important role for my business. Right. And so if you're unsure of yourself, I'm cert certainly unsure of your ability right. to handle that ro role. So I'm looking for a level of confidence. Um, and uh, oftentimes the questions that I ask are not necessarily directly even related to the job itself, okay. but it's discovery to see you know, how good are you at problem solving? That's right. th These are things that I look for. So those soft skills, you want to look for those personal soft skills, how they're able to deal with those for things. For me, it's actually more important mm -hmm. than experience. And you why know? is that? Uh, you know, because I, I think that, oh, that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> you know, I, because I think that life and work is unpredictable. And mm -hmm. I'm, I don't like to micromanage. 
right? If I was micromanaging, you know, then maybe experience would be important, but I need to entrust that the person that I'm hiring for the responsibility that I need them to perform, that they're gonna do it without lots of involvement. And so that means your, your problem solving skills has to be at a very high level. Right. Can you solve any type of scenario problem without involving upper management? So that's why I look for, you know, um, problem solving skills, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, uh, you know, I look for, you know, how good you work with people. Right. You know, I know it sounds strange. I actually look for kindness. Are you a kind person? You know, do you have, do you, do you display, you know, uh, empathy towards people? Right. You know, I think having an empathetic sort of character trait actually helps, you know, because then you become relatable and you understand scenarios. You're less to react. Yes. You yes. know, so a lot oftentimes that when I'm hiring someone, those are my questions are geared to trying to reveal that stuff. Right. Right. Which is why you ask those general questions and yeah. not those skill specific right questions just yeah. to get an, a more inside look on the person and how they're going to interact in your businesses. Yeah, I, and I, I don't wanna say that this is universally true with everyone, but I would say that if you get to the place where you're in a seat and you're face-to-face -face having an interview, that means that the experience that we've learned about you is has gotten you to the seat. Mm -hmm. At this point, it's the second level for me. Right. You know, if I, if from what I saw in the resume and the conversations I had with your refer references didn't lead me to believe that you have the experience necessary to have the job, you wouldn't probably be in that seat right. anyway. You would never be there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So after the interview, um, what do you think about the follow-up? Like the follow-up process? I yeah. recommend that everybody follows up within, mm -hmm. I, I've heard different things um, about following up within 24 hours, yeah. following up within two days. What is your take on that? That's another good question because I don't know for me that there's any rule of thumb because I've hired someone that initially I said no to, and because of their persistence, <laughs> I ended up you know actually bringing them on board. Um, and so I, I would say that because of that scenario, I think persistence is a good thing. Yes, you know because it also shows that individual how badly you want that yes. job. You know I think in the workplace as as an entrepreneur and someone who owns a business, I want someone who's passionate, right? And I think that by you being persistent, not creepy. Right, not, not a stalker, not a stalker. Right, yes, right, exactly. You don't have to cross the line of stalker, but be persistent and be confident. Right. Let the person know that you can handle this job, that you want the job. How do you like them to follow up? Would you prefer a phone call? Would you prefer an email or a dozen? So I'll I'll tell the person what right. I prefer, okay. you know. And if I if I tell them, hey, you can email me, if you can text me, then I'm opening up that line of communication and take advantage of that then. Right. Because that's another thing. If I tell you, you can email me and they don't. Yes. I know there's not as much interest there. Right. Right. It's fallen by the wayside for yeah. them. Okay. So I'm going to ask you two more questions. Sure. I want to know, um, I'm sure how many, how many interview, how many people ha do you think you've interviewed over the You've interviewed over the, over the course of time. I mean, even pr prior to owning a business, I was in a position of interviewing people. Right. So, oh, oh gosh, I must have interviewed well over 100 people at this point. Okay. Yeah. So I want you to think about that. Mm -hmm. And if you can recall the best person you've ever interviewed, what did they do that stood out to you? Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Sorry, that's a really big question. That is a big question. All right. So... All right, you, you set me up for this one because now I have to think back. Yes. About, you know, 100 plus people out of interview and which one well, was the Well, I'm sure that maybe best. one person like sticks out in your, your head that maybe yeah. during the interview you're like, yes, we have to that's hire that, that person. person. Um, you know what? I, that's, man, that, 
that I'm, I'm actually struggling here because I, I've, listen, I've got to interview some really wonderful people that I actually didn't end up hiring. Um, and it was because maybe they didn't see a good fit uh, or they, they moved on, but the process was great. Right. Um, I'm actually gonna pull that one because I remember I, I did interview someone for a position and as a result of the interview, it actually inspired him to open up his own business. Okay. Right. So. Um, so it was a great interview. It was a fantastic yeah. okay. interview, like, and I and I was like, you know, this person is incredibly talented, and you know what ended up happening? I ended up helping him. Right. You know, and uh, even though it's a competitor in my space, I, I I actually I'm not threatened by competitors at all. I don't I don't have a problem training people to do what I do, and uh, so you know, in this case, it was someone I was interviewing for a job. And I loved the person. I thought they would be great. And I knew, though, that it was talent and loss of ambition. So what did they do that, that you saw that? Like, how did you know? Like, It was what, ambition. The, okay. It was ambition. The way they acted, the way 100%. they were talking. Okay. You know, and it, it, this is not right or wrong, but, mm -hmm. but in this world of, you know, in, in the marketplace, there's really, if we could, we can categorize them in two ways. You know, there, there are people that just love doing the work. And then there are people who are ambitious and want to scale up their life. Right. And this is a case where someone, you know, had incredible talent, but his ambition really was to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I saw that amb ambition. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew right off the bat. And uh, but yeah, and so this person still has a business to this day and is doing great. And so that sort of stands out. So he was a great interviewer, right? Yeah. But you know what? You developed a relationship with him. And yes. it, you know, it spurred him on to do something even more than yeah. he probably anticipated for himself. Absolutely. Great thing. Yeah, it is a great thing. You know. So this is the other big question. Yeah. What was the worst interview you ever had with somebody? Oh, geez. <laughs> and what did they do that made it the worst? Okay. Or what didn't they do I, that made it the worst? I actually have something in mind. And, <laughs> and, and being that I, I, we're going to keep this a, a PG environment, yes. I can't really go into detail. That's how bad this was. Okay. Yes. Wow, it, that's it, scary. Yes. Uh, this, this person uh, you know, came into the interview with completely different intent and a, uh, a strategy to try to get the job and had nothing to do with experience, talent, or anything like that. And they were trying to leverage something else. Oh, and, uh, so that's that, yucky. That is incredibly yucky. <laughs> and, and even though, like, obviously, so we're, earlier you had asked me a question, and I, and I said that, you know, the first impression is visual. Mm -hmm. You know, visually, you can tell right off the bat, right. something is, is, is not lining up here. Something's the, amiss. Something amiss, <laughs> exactly, because the position that we're looking for, you know, I, I don't want to judge you, and I'm not judging you, but I'm like, Something is not right, yeah. and then it didn't take long for us to figure out the intent, okay. and and even and that, that was well, that's just a weird thing. And even though we we were very transparent about it and upfront, um, it it didn't matter. It was it was still very aggressive, and wow. uh, and that happens, you know, honestly, not that specific example, but it happens more often than you think. That um, you know, there's always the group of people that come into an interview thinking, I'm all right. I'm not. I know I'm not qualified. I know I don't have experience. I know that I'm not good for the job, but I need money, so I'm going to do everything else I can to try to get the job. Right, 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 you know? right. And those people stand out for the wrong reasons. Right, right. And you I know. bet you don't even have a relationship with that person no. any longer, don't even know where they are nope. or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is a shame because I think most entrepreneurs actually love working with people. Mm -hmm. I, I really genuinely believe this. Um, it's my, my, not just my ex experience from my business, but other businesses as well. You know, people genuinely want to help people and they right. want to help people level up. Yes. You know, because also there's a mutual beneficial 
benefit to doing that. Right. The more I sow into you, the better you get, the better quality work you'll get. Right. So I know entrepreneurs genuinely want to do this. And so from the other end, to be so arrogant about the, the front of that process, it makes no sense to me. Right. You know? Right. Right. It should be a supportive yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is about all that I have today for. All right. Um, you put me on the hot yes, seat. Yes. I, I put that you was, on the hot seat. I think I did okay. Thank you so much. Of course you did okay. <laughs> Come on. Everybody, thank you so much. Thank you, Rob, for um, being with me here today on the Digital Divide. Um, please join me next week as we talk about active listening skills, where we continue to bridge the gap between social media and connecting with classic communication. Uh -huh.